Great. Um, what, a, what a rich morning. And um, I often say that after just listening to all that uh, the Lord has been doing, listening to that video, I often say that we, we all don't get the chance or the opportunity to stand like this, proclaim the gospel from the front. Uh, but uh, it doesn't mean that it's only limited to those who stand into the front, but we are all called to do that. But when we read Romans 12, we see that we, we are blessed with different gifts. And uh, when, when, when I listen to, you know, to, to that video and what God is doing, um, uh, things like that got me to think all the time that it'll be interesting one day when it will be before our Father, just imagine how many people the Lord pointing to some of us and said, these are not because of you stood to preach the gospel was because of your giving. These people were attached. Their lives got transformed. They got to know me because of your generosity. So I really pray that um, you'd consider, if you are part of this community, just continue to reflect on what you've heard about what God is doing in and through the life of uh, Common Ground Church in general and those different ministries. <clears throat> Today, we are, so we've got to have to give us a picture. So the last week and this week and next week, we're pausing from Exodus. We are doing a standalone message specific just to our community. Unfortunately, last week we didn't have power, um, which really brought such a great message, got some great feedback, but uh, it wasn't recorded because of Lord shedding. And uh, today I'm going to be uh, speaking from the Gospel of John, and we'll be looking at John chapter 11, the death of Lazarus. We won't be able to cover all the 57 chapters, uh, verses. I'm going to share some verses, you know, just a few verses. In fact, I'll, we were going to be looking at 27 but because of time, it seems like I might only have to share a few verses with us, uh, maybe just giving us one point. Then as we continue next week, um, we will cover other part of this very rich passage. So um, before we get to the, to, to the reading, I just want to give us a background of, of John's the Gospel. So John's gospel is, is not necessarily about the life of Christ, but rather a powerful argument for the incarnation, and when we look at it, a conclusive demonstration that Jesus was, is the very heaven-sent Son of God. That's what the gospel of John is all about. John discloses Christ's identity with his very first words. When we read chapter 1, he starts by saying, In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was at the beginning with God. This is how he starts, he opens up his, his, the, his gospel. And the rest of the book continues with the theme. It carries on 
tried to point us to the identity of who Jesus is. Then John goes on recording eight of Jesus' miracles or signs, as he calls them, to review Christ's divine or human nature and his life mission. That's what we will be looking at next week. So let me take us quick through the signs, then we can get to the seventh sign. I said there are eight that are recorded, but today, today we are looking at one of those eight. The first one is turning water to wine in chapter 2. The second one is healing the nobleman's son in chapter 4. Then the third one is healing the invalid at Bethsaida in chapter 5, the swimming pool. The fourth one is feeding the 5,000 with just a few loaves and fish. That one we find in chapter 6. The fifth one is walking on water in chapter 6 is 2, verse 15 to 21. Six, restoring sight to the blind man in chapter 9. The seventh one, the one we are looking at now, is raising Lazarus from the dead. Chapter 11. And after the resurrection, we've got the last one, which is giving the disciples an overwhelming catch of a fish in chapter 21. So these are the signs that we find in John's Gospel. But all this is not to talk about Jesus' life. It's to point us to who Christ is. It's to talk about the mission of Jesus. Now, today, I am not going to get to the resurrection of Lazarus. That's what we'll focus on next week. The few chapters that we're going to be looking at, I'm just going to give us the insights into the people who they get to introduce to us. From verse 1 to verse 16, if possible, we can go all the way to verse 27. So, would you mind turning with me to John chapter 11? And it's on the screen. We read from verse 1 to 16. What is my hope, first of all, for today's message? My hope is that if you're a Christ follower, you leave this place having your faith being strengthened. That's my prayer. That as you walk out of this place today, you have your faith being strengthened. You may say, okay, um, I just, that, that doesn't seem to, to kind of like, it's not really a catch, it's not enough. Yes, your faith can be weakened. Your faith can be threatened. I don't know if you know that. If you're a Christ follower, maybe this doesn't happen to you, but it does happen to me. Where my faith gets threatened by circumstances, by situations, whether physical or spiritual. So it's my hope, maybe sitting here this morning, your faith has been threatened. 
And my hope is that at the end of today, at the end of our meeting, your faith is going to be strengthened. To be strengthened by God. If you are not a Christ follower or you are searching my prayers, that today you will encounter the living God. You will encounter the Messiah. The one and only true God. Jesus Christ. Now, a man named Lazarus was sick. He was from Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. This Mary, whose brother Lazarus now lay sick, was the same one who poured perfume on the Lord and wiped his feet with, his, with her hair. So the sister sent word to Jesus, Lord, the one you love is sick. When he heard this, Jesus said, this sickness will not end in death. No, it is for God's glory so that God's Son may be glorified through it. Now, Jesus loved Martha and her sister Lazarus. So when he heard that Lazarus was sick, he stayed where he was two more days. And then he said, to his disciples, let us go back to Judea. But Rabbi, they said, a short while ago the Jew there tried to stone you. Now referring to chapter 10. That's where this event happened. And yet you are going back. Jesus answered, are there not 12 hours of daylight? Anyone who walks in the daytime will not stumble? For they see by this world's light. It is when a person walks in at night that they stumble, for they have no light. After he had said this, he went on to tell them, Our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I'm going there to wake him up. His disciples replied, Lord, if he sleeps, he will get better. Jesus had been speaking of his death, but his disciples thought he meant natural sleep. So then he told them plainly, Lazarus is dead. And for your sake, I am glad I was not there, so that you may believe. But let us go to him. Then Thomas, also known as Dedamas, or a twin, said to the rest of the disciples, Let us also go that we may die with him. This is God's word. Dear Lord, I pray this morning. I pray for your grace, your favor, and I ask, Lord, that you would speak to us. Strengthen us, encourage us, correct us. Open our eyes to see your glory in our sufferings, in our circumstances, in all that we might be going through. In your name, Jesus, I pray. Amen. It's such a very interesting portion of Scripture. 
we are introduced to a sick man named Lazarus. Nothing much is said about him. You know, we are just told that this, this person is ill. We are also told that he's a friend of Jesus. Something also that is mentioned is that, you know, Jesus loved him. The way he loved you. Loved him as a friend. If you're a cross follower, you know, this already should actually get you to start to rejoice because you are loved by God. The sisters, they knew that Jesus loved their brother. Mary and Martha, they're the two sisters that we got introduced in this event as well. We got introduced to. But we shouldn't confuse, this is not the Lazarus that we find in Luke chapter 16, in that fiction story or the parable that Jesus talks about, the rich man and and Lazarus. This is not the same one. But Lazarus was a common name then, and uh, the meaning of it just means God has helped. That's the meaning of Lazarus. As I said, we are not told even the cause of his illness. We don't know what he was struggling with. We don't know. We are not told. But we know the reason why he's sick. You would agree with me. We know the reason why this man is sick, and we are going to discover that shortly. We don't know the cause of his illness. We don't know what he's suffering from, but we know why he's sick. But he didn't know why he was sick. Sometimes you go through things, I go through things, we don't know why we are going through those situations. But sometimes we do. It's our wrong decisions. It's us going ahead of God. It's a lot of things, taking premature decisions, etc., maybe rejecting the counsel of God that you get to receive. But in this particular case, we are not told the cause of his illness, but we know the reason why. We are introduced to Mary, the sister and Martha. And very interesting, John is telling us that this is the same Mary, because Mary also was a common name, even today it's a common name. So we don't have to confuse this Mary with other Marys, or Mary, the one who carried Jesus as the mother. So he is very specific. So this is the same Mary who poured the perfume on Jesus' feet. But this is very interesting. He's mentioning this in chapter 11, but the event is only coming in chapter 12. Now, some of you might go home and read and say it doesn't, go, it doesn't make sense. You have to understand that John is writing his gospel, obvious, putting much of his, um, is relaying on the earlier gospels. Now, I might be getting it from the earlier gospels, Guys like Matthew, Mark, you know, then he's writing this. That's the reason why it's appearing in, in chapter 11. He's just making sure that the event that is coming, you have to understand this is the, the same Mary I'm referring to. Then we are told the event happened in a small village called Bethany, which simply means the house of the poor. It doesn't necessarily mean that Lazarus and his sisters, they were poor, but it just means that's the meaning of the place where the event was happening. It's very important for us to know that. And Jesus, when the event is happening, is a few miles away from where Lazarus was. There is also a mention of Jesus' disciples. There is a mention of the Jew. There is a mention of 
the Jew who, came, who went to comfort Mary and Martha. And finally, there is a mention of Jesus himself. So we are told Jesus received the news. The messenger sent by his friends, sisters. Now, we are not told whether the message was to say Jesus pray for him. We are not told about their expectations. What are they expecting? We are told that they just went to let Jesus know that your friend, the one you love, is sick. Some of you last night did that. Some of you maybe this morning did the same. You went before God and said, I'm bringing my brother before you. Maybe very specific. Will you do something because he's physically sick? Will you please remember my friend? I want them to encounter you. All these things. So we are told they went with a message to Jesus. But what is very interesting is how Jesus responds to that request. It's not actually a request to that news. Jesus decided not to go immediately. How do we know? Because we are told that Jesus extended his stay with two more days. This is interesting. Why would you hear the news of your best friend that your best friend is sick? Instead of saying, okay, we are going to stop the work that we are doing here, the ministering to to these people. Guys, we have to go back. Because my best friend is sick, but Jesus extended his stay. I guess his disciples were thinking, what kind of a friend is this one? Because they were standing right there when they heard the message. Because the message felt like by using to say, your friend, the one you love, it can really touch Jesus to do something. But the disciples were like, oh, what happened to this man? Maybe just wondering, why is he not saying anything? But at the same time, we discover later that the disciples actually, they might ask that question, but they were also very happy for not going. We will discover that. Because they were thinking about how dangerous it is. In chapter 10, they wanted to stone Jesus. Now we have to go back there. Now we are told, let's go to Jesus' response. His immediately response. He didn't took two verses, three verses. Straight away, Jesus said this. When he heard this, Jesus said, this sickness will not end in death. No, it is for God's glory so that God's Son may be glorified through it. This leads me to my first point, for God's glory. For God's glory. How would God allow someone to go through suffering for his glory? Why would God allow you to go through a situation that you are not aware that it is for his glory? Do 
Jesus said, whatever is happening to Lazarus, it's got nothing. There is God's hand in that. In other ways, God is involved. This is not going to lead him to death. But at the same time, we are told later on that it led Lazarus to death. So that part of the message, we'll discover it next week. But right now, Jesus is saying the suffering Lazarus is going through, the healness, it is for his glory. Is it possible that maybe your healthy situation could be for God's glory? Is it possible that maybe your parental challenging, whatever you are finding yourself wrestling with, parenting your kids, maybe could be for God's glory? Is it possible that the struggles in your relationship, in your career, is it possible that there could be something of God? Maybe God is doing something there. But usually, usually, cross followers, in many cases, if you are like me, we're never going through a situation. What I'm looking for is how to come out of the situation. But the benefit that we've got today when we are looking at an event like this, it should help us as Christ followers to think about how to respond to any situation that we may find ourselves in. Why is that important? Because we are living, when we talk about the gospel, we talk about creation, which is a firm, you know, what God has done. Then there is the fall. Then the four is the sin, etc. Things goes back. Then we should expect at least things not to be okay when we talk about the gospel. So questions start to rise. Why is this happening, etc. Then there is Jesus being introduced. There is redemption. Redemption. Giving back life. You know, giving, trying to restore things. Coming, rescuing us. Taking us away from kingdom of darkness to light. But between redemption... And the hope that we have to live with Christ in eternity, the restoration, the full restoration, there is something in between which is renewal. And we are living in that space of impact. And in that space of impact, there is the realities that are happening or that will happen to our life each and every day, but it is how we respond to them. That's why I said we've got a huge advantage looking into an event like this to say, when I'm going through something, how should I respond? Is it possible that God could be involved in that situation? Lazarus' illness and his death was for the pursuit of God's glory and salvation of others. God can allow you, God can allow me to go some, through some stuff because he's not just looking at you, but he's looking at those who are around you so that they can come to know him. But does that mean every situation... Has God's, is there because God has brought it or is there because God wants to display his glory? You know, I would say whether it's good or bad. Think about Jonah. His disobedience at the end was to display again God's glory in the situation. 
We can look at that story. God wants him to go somewhere, but he's running somewhere else through his disobedience. God bringing him back. But there is a great impact even with the people who surround him. They start to become curious in that boat to know what is going on here. Again, it is to display. You know, God uses every situation to display his glory. It is for his glory. Sometimes, Christ followers, we don't want to wait a little bit longer. Sometimes we want to come out of a situation so quick. Can I ask you to stay where you are a little bit longer and ask a question, God, is this for your glory? To serve a little bit longer where he has placed you? You want to see God's glory display in your life? Don't move ahead of God. Don't change jobs for selfish reasons. Don't relocate for selfish reasons. Don't walk away from your relationship, from that particular relationship for selfish reasons. Don't give up. Don't cease praying for your friend who is far from God or your, anyone or family member or for, just because you've been doing this for so long. Can you stay a little bit longer? And why is this important? Because maybe for you, Jesus is not going to extend only two days. It's going to extend two months. Maybe it's going to extend years. Maybe it's going to extend... You know, here we are told... The friend is sick. Mary and Martha, they've heard about the miracles. They've seen, witnessed some of them. Even if we are not told that they were sending the message so that Jesus can come and do something, but later on we discover that their expectation, because they said to Jesus, if you were here, Lazarus wouldn't have died. So there, at least we know that they were looking for Jesus to do something. But we are told Jesus extended two more days. It is possible that Jesus can extend two more months in your situation. He can extend a year. He can extend, in my situation, more months, more days, more years. Because he wants to display his glory. He wants to display his glory for others to see. Is it because he doesn't love you? He doesn't love me? No. Because we are told here that he loved Lazarus. He loves you so much. He loves me so much. But he will do it because he wants to display his glory. He's got a bigger plan and a better plan than you know, than I know. A better plan for your life. A better plan for my life than you know, than I know. Whether it's cancer, depression, or other illness, you name it, please keep in mind the suffering that comes to the obedient Christian is part of the price of living where you are in obedience to the call of God. Lazarus' illness threatens his sister's faith, but as for you and me, we can look into this story and say, we should not allow any situation to threaten our faith, but we should be those whose faith 
is strengthened by other people's situations, even by our own situations. Now, Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when, I, when he heard that Lazarus was sick, he stayed where he was two more days. And then he said to his disciples, let us go back to Judea. The disciples t- said to Jesus, you know what? They wanted to stone you there, but you want us to go there again? The answer Jesus gave in verse 9 and 10 is very interesting. It's actually reinforcing what I'm saying. What God has already planned, no one can change it. That's what it means. You can put the security fence and a lot of cameras, but if God wants to break in to display his glory in your life, you cannot change it. You can change location because the answer said, Jesus answered, are they not 12 hours of daylight? Anyone who walks in the daylight will not stumble, but for, the, for they see by the world's light, it is when a person walks at night that they stumble, for they have no light. In other words, what Jesus is trying to pass the message to his disciples, he said, you know what, there is nothing that can change when it comes to God. Friends, what God has designed, he will do it. Whether I stay in fear of those people to stone me, whether I go, nothing is going to change. What is going to happen is God's will will prevail. God will prevail no matter what. It's not your will, it's not my will. Because God is in the business of displaying his glory to the world. And he's using his church, he's using his sons and daughters. God is doing that and he's continuing to display his glory. And we have to understand sometimes we want to see God displaying his glory only in good things. When we heard in that, for instance, in that video, you only heard the good stories. We didn't hear any testimony of, you know what, I've been suffering and I went through this and all that. We only hear good stories and we said, wow, God is displayed. God displays his glory in good and in bad times. And in this particular event, God is letting Lazarus to suffer a little bit longer because he wants to display his glory to the world. Why? We are told for the good of his disciples. But later on next week, we'll discover that it wasn't only for the good of his disciples, it was even for the good of those who went to see Mary and Martha to comfort them. So Jesus, um, in verse 14, then he told them plainly, Lazarus is dead. Don't think he's sleeping because these guys were very happy when he said to them, our friend Lazarus is asleep. They thought, oh, thank God. We don't need to go there again. You know, Jesus, we are not going there. He is going to get better. Is that not a sign of cheap Christianity? When you don't want to face the reality in faith, 
Every time there is a challenge, all you are looking for is an easy way. These guys were looking for an easy way. It was to them to hear that he's asleep. They didn't get Jesus right. They thought like, oh, it's a normal. So why do we have to go? I wonder how many of us, we live with, like cross followers, we live with such, you know, that type of mentality. It's a cheap Christianity. I want our faith to be strengthened. As we leave this place, if you're a Christ follower, Jesus said to them, Lazarus is actually dead. And is dead. I am so glad Jesus is saying this to his disciples. I was not there. And the reason I'm happy is so that you may believe. But now you have to ask a question. Were these guys not... Did they not believe in Christ? Why is Jesus saying, I'm so glad I was not there so that you guys may believe? And this is the same question that Jesus is going to ask Martha afterwards. The same point about belief. Martha, do you believe in this? He's saying to his disciples, I'm happy I wasn't there. Because maybe if Jesus was there and the fact that they heard that he was someone Jesus loved, it can be maybe, you know, like now we get this cheap uh, gospel where people get to arrange. You are going to go in a coffin and I'm going to come there. I'm going to say, raise up. And you stand out of the coffin and the miracle people. Now Jesus is saying, I'm glad I'm not there so that you don't think it was something that we have arranged. Do you get that? Because Jesus did not just say, I'm glad I was not there for nothing. No. He knew what he was saying to these guys. Because if I was there, you would have doubted. That's the reason why there is a way to believe there. If I was there, you would have doubted about who I claim to be or who I am. Yes, you've believed you are following me, but do you really believe? Do you really agree? Do you really trust me? Do you really believe that I'm the Messiah? I'm glad this has happened without me being there so that you, you, my disciples, your faith may be strengthened so that you may trust me more. So that what you know about me, you can even believe it deeply now in verse 16 this doesn't sound like a doubting Thomas it sounds like a courageous Thomas and we can learn from this man he said you know what let us go the earlier comment was they want to stone you there but Thomas stood up and said, you know what? Let us go. Not only we believe in you, but let us go that we may die with this guy. Leon is laughing. 
Because she's saying, how can this guy, is that what you are saying? Be ready to die with Jesus? Again, this is not a cheap gospel. This is not a Christian on Sunday and on Monday you are something else. This is not about allowing Jesus to touch areas of your life and not touching other areas of your life. This is not about trusting God in some areas of your life and closing with big locks and chains in other areas of your life. This is a sign of a guy who is committed not only to follow, he said, I'm prepared to die with you. There is no area of my life that I'm not going to say you are not allowed to touch. You can touch any area of my life, and I've given you the green light. I'm saying it myself, I'm confessing, I'm ready to die with you, Jesus. How many of us here We are ready to believe in him, but we are not ready to sacrifice for him. I'll ask this word again. I think, I don't know, it's well. It is the washy-washy. I've asked it before. How do you call it? Wishy-washy. Wishy-washy kind of Christianity. It is on appearance. This is how the Pharisees lived. They were very good at that. They were very good at standing at the corners. They were, but they were not prepared even to believe a thing about Jesus. All they had in mind is to plot, to plan, and to accuse, and to look for the mistakes in Jesus. Here we are learning one guy. He's, stood, he's standing up. He said, you know what, I'm, guys, let's go with him. Anyway, we've already believed in him. There is no turning back. If it's to die, let's go and die with him. Because of time, we have to stop. But before we stop, let's read a few verses quick and we'll carry on next week. Verse 17. On his arrival, Jesus found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. Now Bethany was less than two miles from Jerusalem, and many Jews had come to Martha and Mary to comfort them in the loss of their brother. When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went out to, eat, to meet him, but Mary stayed at home. Lord, Mother said to Jesus, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Did she think Jesus was a physician, a medical physician? Why would she make such a statement? But I know that even now, God will give you whatever you ask. Does that reveal like she's expecting something? Is she really trusting that God, Jesus can still raise the brother? We are not taught. Jesus said to her, Your brother will rise again. Mother answered, I know he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. 
Now, you know what is, what, what come to, as I was preparing, I'm just thinking, okay, she's got real, you know, conviction about orthodox belief. I've put it in my head. We've, we've got Christians like that. I believe it. I know it in my head. I know it. I know, I know the Bible. I know the verses. I can quote them. I know the things here. I cannot even to say them. But Jesus is taking Martha somewhere, a little bit further. Saying it is not enough. Knowing it is not enough. Do you believe this? Listen to the conversation. This is very interesting. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live. Even though they die, and whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Now listen to this. Do you believe this? What is this that Jesus is talking about? Because if I take this Bible, I say, Rich, is this your Bible? You know, the way this is actually giving a specific, it's either an object or a person. Jesus is not saying, do you believe in these things? Jesus is saying, I am the resurrection and I am the life. I'm not the means to resurrection. You are talking about the resurrection. You say you know about it, but I want you to know the resurrection is standing in front of you. The life is standing in front of you. It is not what you have in your head. It is not what you say on your mouth. The resurrection is right here. This leads me to my final point. The resurrection and the life is Jesus. This is what he said. He said, do you believe this? Do you believe I am the resurrection? Do you believe I am the life? Feels like Paul, the Apostle Paul, knew, understood what Jesus was asking Martha. Philippians 1.21, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. Jesus is affirming here to say, if you believe in him, not only you have eternal life, but you start to live with a living hope when you live. You know that because he said you will not die. Say, resurrection is real. Because I am the resurrection. I am the life. I am the life after death. I don't think Martha was expecting anything to happen there. I think he was trying to give what he understand about the resurrection. Yes, I know, Jesus, you judge the world one day, the living and the dead, one day it will happen. But he didn't have anything, you know, in her mind. She didn't have anything in her mind that it could happen right now. Do you believe in this? Do you believe in, in me? The resurrection and the life? All right. Can I call us to stand, please? Would, would you stand? We are going to continue next week.
Some of you, where I started, I said, there are things in our lives. I think we can still... This is, this is a unique Sunday where we've got that video which was about nine or ten minutes, so I hope you'll be patient enough to see if we can land this time together with the band, just with a celebration song. But I want to say this. These two things are very important. Your situation could be for God's glory. And I, I, I repeat that why. In chapter 9 of John, the disciples are walking with Jesus. They saw a blind man. And they asked Jesus a question. They said, what is the cause? I'm just trying to paraphrase their question. What's the cause? Why, is he, why, why was he born blind? Did the parents did something wrong? Is it a sin or did he do something wrong? Jesus said, no. Nothing at all. Not the parents, not the guy. It is to display God's glory. Your health situation, your unemployment situation, your career situation, your relationship situation could be for God's glory. He want to display his glory. Now, again, Paul understood this. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7 to 9. Then the band is going to lead us into a time of, of worship. It's not on the screen. Paul says this, and this should encourage us. I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment me. Listen to this. Verse 8. Three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me. Now, when, when you check the research, you know, it says he, he really prayed. That three times is not like he pleaded with God. Intercession prayers. This thing was torturing him. But listen to the way he got the answer from God in verse 9. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. For my power is made perfect in weakness. Friends, if we want to see God's power, it is when we are weak. Then the, the power of God is made known to us and to those around us. Your pain, your suffering, your situation could be for God's glory. And I want you to leave this place knowing that Jesus is the resurrection and the life. We live with hope, knowing that not even death in this physical body can steal it away from us. We have the promise of eternal life in Jesus Christ. Dear Lord, I thank you. I give you the glory. I give you the honor, Lord, because you know the details of our lives. You know the details of our situations. Like, as we just read about Martha, Mary, and Lazarus, you said his sickness was to display your glory. Lord, I pray that as we leave this place, you will help each one of us, Lord, to see you in our situation. I pray that you help us, Lord, to stay a little bit longer to understand why. Why we are going through what we are going through. 
If it is because of our own sin, sinfulness, Lord, won't you help us to get to the point of repentance and to cry out to you and say, please come. Come and rescue us. Come and help us. Thank you, Lord. I pray for my brothers and sisters, those who are following online and those who are here, Lord. I pray that you'd continue to speak to us for your glory. In your name, Jesus, I pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you guys.